We'd like to welcome all of you to Sunday service. Uh, my name is Naya Swami Anandi. This is Naya Swami Bharat. We're especially happy to have so many guests with us today, also over the internet. So welcome to all of you. I'll begin this morning with a reading from Rays of the One Light. This is a book of uh, parallel passages from the Bible and the Bhagavad Gita written by Swami Kriyananda. This week's reading is entitled, First Things First. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. That expression, first things first, is a piece of counsel often given to students of business techniques. It is the advice of practicality to those who aspire to worldly success. But according to the Hermetic doctrine, as above, so below, that which works best in one level of life is often the best guide to what will work best on every other level. If a person is true to his highest priorities, he will generally find that his other needs are fulfilled naturally as well. This is true, certainly, of the search for God. One of the greatest sayings of Jesus Christ was this simple sentence in the Gospel of St. Matthew Chapter 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Paramahansa Yogananda gave his elder brother Ananta a wonderful lesson in this truth. It was Ananta who had captured him and brought him back from his flight to the Himalayas described by Yogananda in Autobiography of a Yogi. In Yogananda's book, we read how Ananta later challenged him in the city of Agra to pit his divine faith against such practical worldly considerations as the need for earning a living. Fearless before that challenge, the young aspirant agreed to go by train without any money to the nearby town of Brindaban, not to miss a single meal in Brindaban, and to find his way back to Agra without begging and without in any other way asking for help. In one of the most thrilling chapters in the book, Yogananda fulfilled all the conditions of the test. Yogananda continued the account. As the tale was unfolded, my brother turned sober, then solemn. The law of demand and supply reaches into subtler realms than I had supposed. Ananta spoke with a spiritual enthusiasm never before noticeable. I understand for the first time your indifference to the vaults and vulgar accumulations of the world. Late as it was, my brother insisted that he received diksha, initiation, into Kriya Yoga. As the Bhagavad Gita puts it in the ninth chapter, those who worship lesser gods go to their gods, but those who worship me come to me. Thus, 
through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. I'd like to read from Whispers from Eternity, a book on mystical poetry by Paramahansa Yogananda. O fountain of love, flood the lowlands of our love for home and family with thy omnipresent love. O mighty source of all our rivers of desire, teach us not to cut ourselves off from thee, hunting on the dry sands of sense satisfaction. Love is our soul's birthright. We demand now that all the rivers of our cravings be redirected through valleys of humility eager self-sacrifice and the concern for others until, reinforced by thy torrential blessings, they merge in the ocean of all fulfillment in thee. Bless us that the rivulets of our sympathy, affection, love, lose not themselves in the sands of dreary selfishness. Let the little lonely, separately moving streamlets of our love, which come through thee, merge at last, in the vastness of thy perfect love. <clears throat> well, the, the story of uh, Paramahansa Yogananda spending uh, the day in Brindaban is such a, a beautiful story of trust. And there's, we, we see that trust reenacted in the lives of, of cats all the time when uh, a, a, a mother cat feels like uh, its uh, baby is in an unsafe place. Uh, what does she do? She'll grab the, uh, her kitten behind the neck and very gently, uh, but uh, not too strongly, but just perfectly, she'll grab the kitten. And then what does a kitten do when it's grabbed? It just goes completely re- relaxed uh, and doesn't fight uh, uh, the mother. And then she uh, places it off to the side uh, somewhere where uh, she knows is better for the kitten. And uh, I've been um, reading a lot about uh, the Om vibration, the cosmic vibration. And Paramahansa Yogananda said that the invisible mother uh, has become visible through the mountains and the trees and all of nature. And as I was thinking about that statement, uh, I realized that the Divine Mother has become visible and created a special world for each of her devotees, uh, a world that's perfect uh, for that uh, devotee to evolve and to reclaim itself uh, as spirit once again. And so uh, when Divine Mother puts us somewhere, uh, she's gone to a lot of trouble. It's almost like the hostess of a house has cooked a wonderful meal and set the table very beautiful and put fresh cut flowers on the table and tried to create a wonderful environment. And then uh, a, a food that uh, has a lot of vitality. Well, uh, Paramahansa Yoga, not, not actually, pardon me, it was Swami Kriyananda. He said that uh, karma is a blessing of divine love. And uh, just uh, uh, God creating uh, an environment for us to become free. Swami Kriyananda talked about um, uh, the spiritual path is, is like a, a, a tight wire. And uh, let's say it goes across the chasm of a gorge. 
And the way to get across uh, safely on the wire is to uh, be perfectly calm and relaxed and not to wobble and not to go too far to the left or too far to the right. And of course, what is yoga? Yoga is getting rid of the likes and dislikes, uh, of not getting too elated, uh, not getting too dejected, uh, but just finding your center in the middle. I, was, um, I looked up uh, this morning on Google uh, advice for uh, typewriter walkers, and, <laughs> and I didn't find any good advice. Uh, but I imagine what would be the advice. Uh, one was uh, don't get ahead of yourself. Uh, you know, don't look at the very, very end, uh, but to look right in front of you and make each step count. And uh, one thing that uh, I did find was uh, a group of, uh, uh, on a high wire in a uh, zoo in China, a man was going by with a, a bicycle. And under the bicycle, there was a ladder. And there, of course, there was a man on the bicycle. And then there was a man on the ladder. And uh, across the the zoo uh, compound, uh, there were six Siberian tigers. And I think they're at least eight feet long, um, probably tail to, to, uh, to nose. Uh, and so they were going along, and they didn't get the height right. Uh, <laughs> because the, they showed the, Bengal, uh, the Siberian tiger reaching up and grabbing hold of the ladder, and the guy was scooting up the ladder, and the bicycle guy was tipping uh, like that. And then they had a three-year-old girl walking along behind just uh, on her feet with no bicycle. And uh, life... Uh, <laughs> well... You know, we, we've heard of uh, Tamas and Rajas uh, and Satoguna. Tamas is when you're very lethargic and you have to be prompted to uh, put out effort and energy. And Rajas is where you have a lot of energy, but it's more a sense of you're directing. It's all up to you. And then Satwa is tuning in the divine and letting God flow through you. And uh, we never really can be successful in life by being a perfectly limp kitten and let Divine Mother take us around. It doesn't work that way. Uh, and, uh, and so when we're trying to walk the tightrope of life, uh, we have sometimes six Siberian tigers <laughs> leaping at us. And, uh, and you know, we just, uh, but that's what makes us stronger, is that when we can just uh, get really centered in ourselves, And, you know, why does God want us, uh, want to, uh, us to trust him? Well, the important thing, I think, is that he wants us to really see that he's the only reality and that his reality, omnipresence, is our reality. I uh, had an experience a, a couple years ago that, um, you know, as a yogi, we're supposed to be even-minded and cheerful, and that's the best way to overcome karma and the quickest way to get through karma because uh, we're, we aren't wobbling on the, the tightrope. We're, we're just moving more forward. And uh, I um, just had had some sort of health issues and uh, couldn't breathe very well. And uh, uh, Suzanne, our nurse, said, well, does it feel like a gorilla on your chest? And no, just like a bunny, and not that big. <laughs> but I, I was having difficulty, and then... Uh, uh, and it was going to take a while to get the appointment. It was six, feet, uh, six weeks away. And I was uh, really concerned because I was having trouble walking across the living room. And uh, it, was, it was a difficult time. And so I circled the date of my appointment uh, on the calendar. Uh, 
And it was like after three weeks, I thought, oh, only three weeks left, I get to see the pulmonologist. And, and then only two more weeks, I can get some really help, I can get, solve this. And I was really anticipating um, this. And so the night before, uh, the, the grand appointment that I'd been marking off, not quite, I wasn't really marking off the calendar, but uh, physically, but mentally I was. I was just really excited. And um, that night, midnight, I had a really bad uh, bladder attack with um, blood and real high fever and that at midnight. And so I spent seven hours just watching the clock tick like this. <laughs> And I had to sit in a chair. And so we went, and uh, everything was uh, um, you know, being taken care of there. And then we went and saw the pulmonologist. And uh, they couldn't help me. And just um, so that uh, didn't work out. And then, uh, <laughs> and then we went to the hospital for some tests. And uh, they um, didn't have the right codes. So I was there uh, for two hours just waiting, and uh, my fever had gotten up to 103 then. And, uh, I, 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 and so we just waited for a long time, and nothing happened then. And then we drove home. And, uh, <laughs> and by this time, I was really shaking and shivering, and um, it, was, uh, it was still uh, in October. And... Uh, uh, it was so cold, I got under my down comforter and put my down coat on, and, and Andy had to come in and uh, kind of get in for warmth. And I was just laughing to myself, thinking it was just such a setup from Divine Mother. Uh, Paramahansa Yogananda said that, uh, that God is the great, greatest magician because he makes us think that matter is real, and it's not. It's all vibration. And uh, it was, uh, by that time, I was really laughing because it was so absurd. Uh, uh, kind of the whole day, and especially I had been looking forward to this big day. Uh, just uh, so much, uh, uh, you know, just, oh boy, I can't wait till this day can come. And life is like that when we just uh, step outside of ourselves and we really stepped out of the loving care that God is giving us and, uh, and uh, creating uh, for us. There's a uh, there's a very famous uh, bas- basketball coach that uh, probably most everyone has heard his name. And his name is John Wooten, and he was the uh, coach for UCLA basketball. And he, um, he was really a, a, a yogi and uh, in the way that he led his team. Uh, one of his players said that uh, the coach, he never talked about winning ever, uh, but he taught us all on how to win. And, and how did he do that? He, he, he was actually a very successful coach. He won uh, 10 national championships. He had a winning streak one time of 88 games. And uh, he, um, one of the main things he said, he loved intensity, but he wanted uh, the emotions to be controlled. And so he, um, uh, he just really emphasized that, and he emphasized it in his own being. Uh, on the bench, uh, he would sit, and he just practiced, just being perfectly relaxed. And, uh, and, and if they were ahead, great. Behind, great. You couldn't tell by his emotions. Once the announcer uh, was uh, saying that, uh-oh, uh, wouldn't just raise an eyebrow. He must be mad about something. <laughs> and uh, one of his players, Fred Slaughter, was talking about, they're about... 
they won uh, several national championships during that player's time with UCLA. But he said there were five, about five games where we started out uh, behind 18 to 2. And that we were just getting killed by the other team. And I thought, uh, oh my gosh, you know, uh, what are we going to do? And he would look over at Coach Wooden, and Coach Wooden had the program rolled up in his hands, was just perfectly calm and relaxed. And he thought, well, if the coach isn't worried, then I shouldn't be worried either. And they said that they won uh, the games. Uh, and uh, he said that uh, after a game, uh, there should be no difference in the locker room than if you won or you lost. And uh, he said, of course you can be uh, enthusiastic. He wanted that. He wanted intensity. But he didn't want uh, excess um, exuberance because uh, you lose control of yourself and you lose control of your, your calmness and everything that he taught. And he, uh, what he emphasized, uh, he said, don't look at the scoreboard, scoreboard. Just do what I've told you to do. And uh, he, um, he and, and in fact, he just measured how well the team was doing by, um, he, he had a plan the first day of practice, and then they just taught the team the skills that they needed, and he said, just do the skills that you're taught. And it was like a line going up like this. And, uh, and that's all that mattered if we won along the way, if we lost along the way, it didn't matter as long as you are in the moment perfecting the skills. And isn't the spiritual path like this? Where Paramahansa Yogananda said that we should be a long distance runner. And there was one uh, monk who he asked to dig a hole and he's just started digging and hours later he was still there digging. And, uh, and, then, uh, and then finally he was done. And uh, Yogananda said that that's the effort that it takes to know God. And it's, uh, we don't really know often what the game is. Uh, I remember during that time with the, the lungs, I had written emails to Swami Kriyananda. And I said, I hope to be, be able to get back to doing Kriya. And uh, we sort of define our spiritual practices by how we're doing, how much we do those spiritual practices. And Swami Kriyananda, who um, has a, a, a challenging heart, uh, wrote back and said he hopes to get back to doing Kriya too. <laughs> and it made me feel so good. It was like all of a sudden uh, I thought the game was a certain game we were playing. And it actually, was, it's a much bigger game uh, than that. And so we don't always know uh, what uh, Divine Mother has in mind where she's placing us. And so this is, again, where uh, trust is, is so important to come into. And... Uh, you know, just as John Wooten, he uh, didn't want the players to be focused on results because they would get out of themselves. It's such an important attitude for karma yoga because we're trying to not get caught up in the results uh, and uh, because we're just trying to give of ourselves uh, in, in what we're doing. There's a beautiful story of Teresa, Mother Teresa. Uh, she was once asked by a, a journalist, don't you feel discouraged in all the work that you do? Uh, there are so many people that are starving, and so many people need warmth and blankets, and you're only able to help just a few of those people. Don't you feel discouraged? <laughs> I think the journalist is a little bit cheeky. Um, and Mother Teresa just smiled. 
And she said, I'm not looking to be successful. I'm looking to be faithful. Faithful to her own higher principles. Faithful to what God was asking of her. And was she successful? I think everybody in the world but that journalist would say she was. <laughs> because uh, she inspired so many other people to do likewise. And, uh, and that's because she came from her own center. She didn't step, like, this is where God is found. This is where uh, Paramahansa Yogananda said uh, it, uh, the spine is, um, you know, the astral spine where the energy, when we withdraw it uh, and turn it towards spirit, he said that's where God's favorite haunt is. And she, she never left her inner heart. And she just stayed with God. And of course, um, God says that we should work from the inside out. It's such a beautiful, uh, or that's what actually... Paramahansa Yogananda said, you know, just being in touch with God and then expressing it out, outwardly. Paramahansa Yogananda also said that we should be like a tractor uh, where we just are steady and we may have an uphill to go up, a downhill to go up, but if we're just steady and we don't get caught in our emotions in terms of success, loss, or gain, then we can be steady uh, like that, that tractor. There's, uh, uh, yeah, in our reading today, um, it's seek ye first the, the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. And I read a beautiful story uh, uh, of a, a John the Romanian. And he is a, a Catholic uh, father, monk, and he's a breatharian. And he was uh, found uh, wandering through the forest, that's where he lived, and by a monk, and he appeared uh, to the monk and uh, asked him some questions, gave him some spiritual counsel about his life. This uh, John the Romanian lived until the 1950s, so it was recent. And, uh, and then uh, he asked uh, uh, the, the father that he met, John asked the father to bring him a packet of papers and some ink. And he said, well, what will you use them for? And he said, well, I, I can just make pens from the the." the tree, uh, the pine tree. Uh, and they said, well, can I bring you food uh, and that and uh, anything, dried bread? And he said, oh, no, I just live by uh, 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 the divine mana, you know, the uh, cosmic energy. And he said, sometimes I come to your uh, services, uh, but no one sees me yet at the local church or the monastery. He says, no one sees me, because essentially he was saying he was invisible. And he had everything you know, he, the, this brother uh, tried to give him something just out of uh, reverence. And he said, I don't need anything. Uh, and eventually, this is the, what happens to all of us, is that we, we don't need anything anymore uh, on the material plane because we've transcended that. In the Bible, uh, it says that we have dominion over all the earth and the sky, the birds. And at first, when I was... Uh, in my 20s, uh, my major at university was how to find God in nature. I thought that was uh, Christianity was an ecological religion because of that statement. But I realized that it was saying, no, no. Um, you need to uh, aspire higher. Uh, and the more that you are in God, the more that you transcend every lower plane of existence. And you're free of the burden of that lower plane and that you more and more you're identifying yourself as a child of spirit and really living uh, in, in that bliss. 
I, uh, there, I, I met uh, uh, a young man named Ocean, and his father was named John Robbins. And he, many of you people may know uh, of him. Uh, he uh, was of the uh, Baskin-Robin sort of fortune family he grew up. John did, and with an ice cream-shaped uh, swimming pool. And uh, he had his whole life laid out before him uh, in terms of success and money uh, and everything. But it didn't mean anything to him. And so uh, he uh, wrote about uh, um, just a, a healthy diet for America and just, uh, just a lot of really beautiful causes he worked with. And he uh, had family responsibilities, and he took care of uh, this mentally ill uh, relative. And uh, in the uh, recent economic collapse, uh, all his money was gone. There was somebody that uh, was running a, a big Ponzi scheme in New York, and the financial advisor that he was working with had invested all his money there, and he lost 98% of his assets and something that all his family was going to depend on for the future. And he was devastated. He was a, a wonderful soul, but still it was very traumatic to have that happen. Uh, because he really cared for his family and wanted to see them set for the future. And uh, his wife came to him and said, um, look what you've done with your life, all the books that you've written, all the people that you've helped. And just think if you would have grown up and become an executive in the Baskin-Robbins company and this thing had happened, what would you have? You'd have nothing. But you have your integrity. You have the whole quality of your life still with you. And isn't this what happens at the end of life? It's going to happen to all of us. We may not lose uh, that ice cream shaped uh, swimming pool, but we're going to lose everything that we've earned outwardly, all the things that we've done. It's all going to be taken away. And what's going to be left? Just the quality of our energy the quality of our love for God and how much uh, we feel that and have shared uh, the love of God with each other. Bless you all.